Hey guys, my name is Vanna Campanavo. I am the CEO and founder of the Trinity Integrative Holistic Medicine and Counseling Services, as well as I'm an individual who has been diagnosed with autism level one, PTSD, dissociative subtype, DID, and major depression. And I'm actually in um, remission for major depression and lastly, ADHD. And I have created this podcast to be able to talk about all things dissociative and neurodivergent. Um, Most recently, we've been really on the DID just because I was recently diagnosed with DID. And so as someone who has treated DID for many years, um, it, it behooves me that I didn't even know that I had DID. So um, this is why the podcast is called Did You Know? Before I get started, because we actually have guests today, before I get started, I do want to let you guys know that if you are looking for any type of counseling services, um, if you are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we do offer services. Um, I myself am a licensed chemical dependency counselor and a certified sex addiction Um, and love addiction counselor. I can work with you guys. If you do have DID, I can, if you are coping by drug, sex, or alcohol, I can work with you. If you are just someone who has drug, sex, and alcohol, I can work with you. Also, I am a life coach. So if you have DID and you're just looking for someone to kind of help you walk through that journey as a life coach, I can help you um, with that because I am like a yoga instructor and a certified nutritionist and There are so many other things that you can kind of just go look at our website and see what I have. But if not, if you're someone who's just struggling with mental health, depression without DID, and you really need a counselor, we also have psychologists on board. We have Dr. Amanda Fitzpatrick, who's on our team. We have Amy Simpson, who's LCSW, and we also have Maria Nolan. Um, And these are all licensed clinical social workers, licensed professional counselors, and psychologists. So please do not hesitate to reach out for any of our services. If you are, um, for for me, I am able to serve in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, also Missouri and Tennessee. And then we do have some counselors that are able to serve um, in Texas and Oklahoma. And if you are looking for a life coach or a yoga instructor or a nutritionist, we can serve you all over. We do telehealth as well. So anyways, I hope this is helpful. Please go to the Trinity Holistic Healing to look at our services and see how we can best support you and your family. Also, please add us on Instagram at the Trinity Holistic Healing um, and on YouTube at the Trinity Holistic Healing. And if you're not following us on podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and follow us. Um, The podcast is called Did You Know? And we're also on Spotify. So Um, let's get into this. Um, It is Mother's Day weekend, and uh, we actually have our first Did You Know Mother and Daughter segment. So I wanted to introduce um, to you um, some of the, the mother and daughter of the ethics system, which I found on Instagram as she was posting um, educational um, posts about DID. So first, um, I will let the ethics system introduce themselves and talk a little bit about them and what their um, Instagram does. And then we will have the mom introduce herself. 
Um, hello, uh, it is currently Lucy Fronting. I am our host of the Ethics System. Um, I am one of the main people who runs our page on Instagram, as well as um, my co-host, Remy. Um, and we participate on um, an abundance of mental health uh, topics on there. And we talk about a lot of mental health um, aspects, um, including uh, autism, DID, um, cluster B personality disorders, and many more. Um, yeah. And I'm mom. <laughs> and mom, what is, what is your name? What is their, uh, your Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle? Yeah. Um, at the underscore ethics underscore system. In case somebody mm -hmm. wants to follow you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so say that one more time just in case anybody missed it so that they can go follow you. No problem. Um, at the underscore ethics underscore system. I'm the mother of ethics system. <laughs> um, I've been with them for 16 years now. <laughs> Um, we've had our ups and downs, but we've learned a lot and hopefully um, them sharing their Instagram and us doing this today will bring awareness to people. That's what's important to us. Um, since we do have a mother and daughter weekend, I do have a visitor and it is also my daughter, little Tara. She just woke up. Hello. Um, <laughs> and so um, she will also be joining us for today. Hopefully she won't be too busy. Well, let me ask you, how did you mom notice that your daughter may have been a system or did your daughter find out first? Um, I think we both found out gradually together. <laughs> um, there was a lot of times in middle school where um, we had a lot of ups and downs and they would, unfortunately, they had a bout with cutting um, and they had a bout with like saying stuff that I thought that they were like fibbing about stuff, but they really weren't. And it was very simple stuff. Like they would put something down and I'd be like, well, can you pick that up? You just put that down. And they'd look at me like very serious. Like I didn't put that down. I didn't do that. Um, and I would say stuff to them and they would come back and said, I never said stuff. Um, but it was stuff that you wouldn't normally think there'd be any reason to, to lie about it. Um, and then they also started realizing like a lot of their friends didn't have imaginary friends anymore. And they, you know, were like, oh, I have imaginary friends and I'm in middle school. Why is that? And none of my friends have imaginary friends. Um, so unfortunately, because I wasn't aware of those things, there was probably a lot more turmoil in their middle school years because, you know, I would say, why are you lying to me? You know, what, I don't understand, you know, this is simple stuff. You shouldn't be lying to me. And, um, just a lot of stuff, but we were able to go to counselors and work through stuff and talk about stuff. And it's, it's been a good four years <laughs> and we've gotten to a better place. Um, but it's hard because as a parent, you don't realize that, you know, maybe your child isn't acting up, that there's a serious problem. I, I cannot imagine like thinking like, okay, my child is just acting up and being super difficult and lying to me all yeah. the time, thinking they're habitual liars when really they're, it's not them. There, there's something else going on. Yeah. Um, so ethics, um, I have a few questions that I just thought about that. Number one, why is your name ethics system? 
Um, so at, we had a different name at, at first. Um, so we went through the cycle of three names. So what happened was is at first um, we were going by our um, our first host um, name. We were just going by blank name um, system. And then uh, we didn't feel that properly fit because they weren't the host of our system anymore. And then um, we came across a word that we felt a connection to and we made that our name, but then we decided against that name. And then um, the reason why we arrived at ethics was is because we um, have a very, um, it's a favorite show of ours. It's called um, The Good Place and it's surrounded about the topic of ethics. And it definitely sparked a lot of interest within the topic. And a lot of us found that um, we felt the subject was very important, um, morals and value. All of that is very important to us. Yeah. So when you felt it accurately represented us as a collective. That's how and I that almost, I mean, like, I'm thinking from a therapist standpoint, that makes sense. If I'm getting told my whole life I'm a liar and I'm not lying, you know what I mean? I could see where ethics would be very, very ingrained in me because I want to be morally and ethically correct to not, um, I guess, personify something of, you know, being a liar or whatever the case may be. So, um, and of course we all know like everyone does their best, but how, like, how was it for you on the other end? And I know like for mom, it could have been frustrating because mom is thinking like, you're just like disrespecting her probably um, and, and being difficult. How was it on your end? Um. It was difficult because at first I, we didn't really understand what was going on. Um, what's it called? Our current host at the time of when that happened was, um, was our original host. And um, I remember her feeling very confused, very lost, very hopeless, very alone. Um, she was going through a very hard time in her life. Um, she was going through severe depression. Um, she was really upset. She felt like no, wherever she turned, things just got worse. She felt like um, no matter how hard she tried to get help, she just couldn't. And it was really hard for her. Um, and over time, as things changed, um, we had a host change because at one point, um, we seriously did think that um, she was going to take her own life. Uh, we decided that it was not good for her to be in that space any longer. So we had a host change because of that. And um, our next host was very confused about his identity for a long time. And he didn't really understand what was happening because he was told, this is your name, this is your age, and that's it. That was what he was told. He was giving kind of like a basic copy of the memories that he needed to know but like he had no connection to those memories. So it was very hard for him because he felt like he was watching back a movie, like he was watching somebody else doing all these things and this somebody else's life and he didn't really understand. So he just went along with it. For a while, he was good. He thought that he was just um, 
he thought that he was a part of the LGBTQ community and that he was transgender. Um, and he soon learned um, a few months later that that was an incorrect assumption. And um, he started to figure out about the system and um, he made contact with a few alters, one of them being myself. And um, we started our journey in trying to get help and therapy. And we obviously spoke to our mom about it first because yeah. we felt that was very important. So I found it so interesting. We had that conversation with Caitlin about like orientation and parts. I remember I was gay. Um, and then at one point when I was gay, I honestly thought that maybe I was supposed to be a man and I was in the wrong body and I was trying to figure out if I should go through that process, but I never got to that, you know, that far, but I recognize now, like how much of it was parts. Um, yeah. But I wasn't aware of the conversation at hand. Um, now, and you said, you know, he was able to reach out and I, I always hear that they say systems are complete. Every system is different. Right. So like anybody's watching or listening, my system may not look like your system or sound like your system and vice versa. But I am curious about your system as far as um, because you were inside first and then you came out. And so um, I'm you're four years into this. I'm. I'm a few months into it. I was diagnosed in November of last year. So how, like for your inner world, you said you thought you were having imagination, like imaginary friends. Like, what does that look like for you? Was it imaginary friends externally, imaginary friends internally? Like, like you know, how are you able to talk? Like, what was that like for you, I guess? Um, so for us, what it kind of looks like is, um, we don't see things like outwardly, um, that would have been more suspected towards schizophrenia, hallucination kind of area. Um, we don't see anything outwardly. Um, we hear, um, it's not like you're hearing something in the next room. It's like you're hearing something in the front of your mind, like a thought almost. Almost like um, a scream sometimes too, you said. Yeah, but um, instead it has a pitch and a voice and like, it's different. It's like hearing a human's voice in your thoughts. It's really weird. It's kind of hard to explain unless you experience it. But um, yeah, it's basically like hearing that. And um, it would kind of just be idle chit chatter, like, um, like, how's your day going, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes if... Um, the host was scared or having a big emotion, they would comfort them. And they just assume that, oh, that's my brain's way of like comforting me and like helping me out. That's just how it is. Um, but in reality, uh, <laughs> there was somebody present um, yeah. trying to help out with the situation. <laughs> so but, do, do you guys have like a faith or a religion? Um, we, well, one of our, um, my co-host, um, she is pagan. Uh, I'm personally uh, atheist kind of skeptic on area. I believe everybody, though. I respect everybody's religion. And mom, what about you? Um, I'm in the middle. I believe in both God and I believe in scientific evolution. Yeah. The reason why I asked that question was because, like, a lot of the times when I used to hear the voices in my head, I just thought it was God. And that so, makes sense. 
That's um, and a lot of the times I do believe it's God, but now I feel like I can sometimes feel the difference between, you know what I mean? Like, um, because I can see the faces of who's talking or who's, who's there, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, you but, got pictures and they drew pictures. Yeah, yeah. So I drew pictures too. Like, so I can see, and I can see them very clearly in my head right now, like people waving, um, which is so funny because like they're looking at everyone too, you know, but, um, uh, and I hate when that happens and not in a negative way, I'm talking to them, but not in a negative way, because like sometimes when I talk about my system, as you know, like, and they hear you, then all of a sudden they're ready to like, somebody's ready to jump out. Right. Um, but, um, oh no, no. Um, so starting to have like a little dissociation. So just bear with me. There was a question that I wanted to ask. Um, oh you made a really good point um so like one of the things that i like as a therapist i love when i get people that tell me that you know they're they are diagnosed with schizophrenia i mentioned in my um there's a video i made it i haven't posted it yet so it'll probably come out after you guys but i made this video or maybe i already did it i don't know um but uh yeah i I think we did post it already, but um, I made this video and I talk about how um, schizophrenia is actually less common than yeah. the ID. The ID is more common than schizophrenia. And so, but it's misdiagnosed because they say, do you hear voices? And Man, they, have, but they never stop to say, are they inside or outside? Yeah. yeah. And so one of the things that I have learned is, especially working with addictions, and sex and trauma a lot because a lot of my people when they have addictions there's like extreme trauma and then there's sexual trauma there's all this stuff and so then they start talking to me and maybe someone's diagnosed them with schizophrenia or maybe they start telling me about the voices in their head or they make like these little comments and then I ask them about it and these are internal voices inside and then when I ask them to take a break or I'll say hey can I can I talk to one of your voices? And I will purposely like engage past the host. And all of a sudden the host begins to see that there's someone else in the room and they look different, they talk different. And then I'm like coaching the host on how to have that introduction with them. And then by the end of it, they're like, oh my gosh. And yeah. I'm sitting here like, how many times are we misdiagnosing someone? Um, or even just because of the age of ethics, we had to go through multiple counselors to get to the point we did because they're like, oh, you're too young. You, you know, there's, you know, you, you just need to sleep. You need to eat. You need to get on a better schedule. You need to blah, blah, blah. Like everything was like about them, like, and their, how they took care of themselves and they weren't addressing the other issues. Yeah, so it's difficult yeah. because they don't seem to take someone seriously under the age of 18. Well, because schizophrenia for women is more likely to be diagnosed in the later 20s, mid to uh, later 20s. Okay. And it's supposed to, and it's more likely to be diagnosed in men 
in the earlier around 18, 19. Oh, okay. I didn't know so, that. So when they're looking at behavioral, they'll look at ADD, they'll look at ADHD first, then yep. they'll jump into bipolar, then they'll jump into we've bipolar been down that road, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll jump into bipolar one if it's too much, and then they'll jump into BPD. Um, and so they'll jump there before they ever say DID, which we've learned DID is, it can happen, it does happen between the ages of infancy until six years old, I want to say, I believe it's six years old. Um, and not to go into details, but that's when the trauma unfortunately happens. Yeah, yeah, I want to say it's infancy to six years old. Um, if someone wants to correct me, because for whatever reason, I also hear the word nine, so I don't, but I want to yeah, say. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's anywhere from ages six to nine, specifically from infancy. Okay, yeah, because I was I think like, it's I, like ranging. Yeah, because okay, yeah, I'm hearing Ronan's like nine, nine. I'm like, okay, <laughs> Ronan. Um, um, so, so like when we're looking at this, this behavior, it's like, that's where the splits begin to happen before the personality starts taking place. But then, you know, the brain doesn't even fully develop into 26. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right? So the brain's still going through this whole process, which would make sense because they're going through. So most people don't even find out they have it until after. So like, you have to have been really, really, really just going through or mom was just pushing hard on advocacy Big time um, advocacy, especially like I said, after I noticed, I know children, they, they lie, whatever, but it was about stuff that wasn't needed to be, you know, it, it was simple stuff. Like you put a cup of water down, I watched you do it. And then you tell me you didn't do it five minutes later. Yeah. That's something that's not normal. And it's not an intention seeking thing because I was right there to see it. <laughs> so, and just like other things I noticed, um, glasses, they wear glasses, but not everybody needs them all the time, which is really weird. Yeah. Like stuff like that. I an wear glasses. One of them has an allergy and the other one doesn't. It's weird. You know, I think that is so weird as well, because one of the things I didn't even know, let me tell you something and, 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 Honestly, it just hit me just when you said that. Yeah. I have my glasses on. I can have my glasses on until I'm reading. Yeah. And then when I'm reading, I have to intentionally. It's not like, oh, you can't see. It is a compulsion of take this off when I'm reading. Mm -hmm which now lets me know that it's not me actually reading. It's another part that is usually doing the reading and they don't need the glasses. You know how hard it is to get glasses? You know how hard it is to get glasses when you go one time with one person and go another time with another person and get told they don't need glasses? <laughs> That's fun, trust me. Yeah, well, like, and you know, like, I wonder how it works. I wonder how many times, because, you know, like they said, like, and certain people have different sicknesses and others don't. And uh -huh. I, um, this YouTube channel, before I switched it over, I did have like a lot of like, it was called Bible Barbie. And I did a lot of housewife stuff. Yeah. I loved it. I really did. Um, but um, 
different person. Um, <laughs> so, but, but, but now like, you know, I, um, but during that process though, I was super sick and I, I recorded my illnesses and all the stuff I was going through. But what I do find interesting is one doctor would detect lupus, one doctor would not, one doctor would detect a, a you know, factor disorder, another one would not, one doctor would have seizures, another one would not. One would say heart disease, another one. And it's like, how is that possible? And it's probably because I was so, I was really, really sick and I was in a very stressful state that the switching was probably, they were probably getting one person and the next and one person, yeah. the next, you know. Um, with the, the 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 incidences of like putting down you know something and then picking it like and then her telling you that you put it there and then you're like you're not like how did that make you feel I seriously was looking at her like why are you lying to me I just watched you do it and she's like I didn't do it and I'm well, like why are you doing this like have no reason you know like that's where it was kind of almost scary because i'm like is my daughter losing her mind like i don't understand what's going on and now like it's even you know it's hard for me because like i felt so bad later on when i found out because i'm like oh my god i probably was yelling at them and getting upset and it was probably making the anxiety worse which was causing more problems but you don't realize it until later on and you feel so bad as a parent that you like didn't understand you know yeah yeah so like ethics like how did you feel being told that you put down water but you didn't put down water uh, by the way it's remy now hi um, remy hi uh what's it called when i'd um so this happened to me a few times actually um i put down water on the counter and um then uh something would happen or one of us would switch and um somebody else would put down water or i would put down water and then then what the funny thing is um you know when you're co-conscious like you're watching another altar say or do something yeah um i would still be kind of present but not there when i just set down the cup and then somebody else would front and i'd hear them say that's not my water and i'd be like that is my water and I'd be like, that is my water <laughs> and then they'd be like no it's not ours like it is mine <laughs> like what are you talking about so i feel absolutely insane because i'm watching these words come out of my mouth and i'm like that's my water <laughs> how do you feel like the person who was getting accused who it really wasn't their water how were they feeling agitated and like really and stressed out and they like, got yeah, because, yeah. Like, because they thought she was lying they were like why are you lying to me like we're like, gaslighting her about yeah, water. <laughs> like they thought that she was lying to them and she thought that they were lying to her it was just like a vicious cycle of everybody thinking that they were lying at each other it was crazy you know as i as i talk to you guys i mean you're just opening my eyes up to like so much stuff like like i said this journey and this podcast is not only bringing awareness to others but it's bringing awareness even to myself you know, and I I have to go back and I have to think about certain things because there are times in my life, um, even in my marriage, 
um, where I was told I did something and I was like, I did not do that. And I mean, I would be furious because I didn't do that. And I was convinced that they are gaslighting me. I mean, and I mean, they could have been, you know, question yourself a little. but now, yeah, now maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe I did do that um, for, you know, now with me living by myself with my daughter, I mean, I know she's not going to do anything. So, you know, I, um, there's a few things like the other day I found the syrup in the pantry instead of the, the, um, <laughs> the, the refrigerator or yeah. like I have a full cup of coffee and the prescription, my prescription bottle is sitting in the prescription in the in the cup you know um I failed my jurisprudence three times um for my Tennessee test they were asking me about ethics I was taking a test on ethics um and I failed it three times and then one day I looked at the test I looked at the test and I was like who has been taking this test? I mean, all the answers were completely wrong. The handwriting was atrocious. And I found out Ruby, my little, yeah, was, was trying to take the test for me and was failing me. And I was like, baby, you can't, who let Ruby out? Why did Ruby come out? No, baby, you cannot take this test. I mean, yeah. and That's I mean it was just like I looked at it and I realized like every answer, not all of them, but I was just like, I would have never answered this. Hand, handwriting can be different. I noticed there are stronger fronters when it comes to um, subjects in school. Yeah. So one person is really great at math and another person has no idea how to do the math they just did in front of them. Yeah. It's interesting. It's really confusing. It's, no, I bet. Um, so, um, are there ever times ethics? Is it Remy now? Is it Lucy? Who am I speaking it's with? Remy. Remy. Is there any times where you feel that you don't even know who you are? Yeah. Um, we had one of those last night. Um, we felt very blurry. I don't remember anything that happened, but all I remember is Lucy telling me he was like, he was like, I was confused. He was like, all I knew is that I was somewhat present to some degree. <laughs> it was crazy. Like he did not have an absolute clue. It felt very fuzzy. Like just yeah, a problem in school. School one time too. Yeah. You say what? Um, we had a problem in um, school once before. Well, she called me up. They called me up at work and told me that they um, had a person there, different person. They didn't know um, me. They didn't know what was going on. I had to go pick them up. Yeah. They wouldn't get on the bus because they had no clue. Yeah. How many how many um, alters do you have? Um. To be honest, we're not 100% sure. We stopped counting after a while due to the pass out to such a high degree. They have some main fronters. We though. have some main fronters, people who are consistent, but we 
if we thought about it, we'd have to say there's at least over around 30, if I'm thinking about all the names going down the list. Said of all the people who I can like strikingly can remember, yeah, at least over thirty, at least they have a general with names and and like likes yeah. and all sorts of stuff. We also have um a simply plural. A what? Um, a simply plural. Um, it's an app where you can log your alters and your fronts. Um, it's very helpful for systems. Okay, so um, if you guys heard that, she said they have a simply plural where they can log in their alters. Um, see, I didn't know anything about, you know, like I said, I'm still learning. Um, I halfway don't know yeah. who I am or when I am or when I'm not or when it's happened, especially with me living by myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do notice that like, I never really remember the day before. Yeah. Unless I do, like, problems with that. Yeah. A lot of problems with that, yeah. Yeah, like trying to remember exactly like what, like I can remember bits and pieces, but to like say that yeah. that day is completely clear is that's a different thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I can remember that I did this, but I can't exactly remember like where I was the full day, like what I was doing, who I was with. Like, let me ask you a question. So there are people out here that may not have actual DID, but they have PTSD or they have CD. CPTSD, or they have some type of dissociative disorder. Um, now, with me and my, like, and I also think some of it can be attributed to the autism, which you said you talk about as well. But like, um, I struggle with depersonalization and derealization. And so like, I have my beautiful baby girl. And there have been people that have asked me, like, why do I carry her? like all the time and like why she always like why I'm always picking her up or like kissing on her and there are times where I like literally will um take my glasses off and like stare intensely into her eyes so that I can physically feel my connection with her um do you struggle with and I and I even noticed that in my marriage I struggle with sometimes even remembering the face of my husband um, or remembering his eyes, or I would come to him and be like, oh, I wonder what color is this? Or I remember his eyes are blue or, you know, just like feeling disconnected from the human. Not saying that I acted disconnected, but actually having the feeling of disconnection. So needing to like do deep intentional ways, like me, like I said, holding her all the time or, kisses or smelling her like looking deep in her eyes do you experience that um when other alters are fronting um yes and when I'm kind of um receding back uh into the inner world and someone else is trying to front um loved ones faces can look odd to me almost like um I don't recognize them um I still I still kind of have a grasp on I know who this is I know who they are but your face doesn't look right. <laughs> it's this weird, odd feeling of something's not quite right here, but I know kind of. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like I, I look in the mirror too. And sometimes you're like, I yeah. know that's not what I look like, yeah, but that's exactly. what the mirror is projecting. Yeah. 
Yeah, see, like, yeah, I think like sometimes like it's not that they look weird because they look like I know who they are. I always know who they are, but they feel the if they feel unrelational or almost a object yeah. like like an object yeah you know what I mean like um like they're just kind of like there um and so I'm wondering if that has something to do with the autism if it has something to do with the dissociation or or probably both I would think I think it's mostly to do with the dissociation because dissociation is a lack of connection between thoughts um, feelings and memories so um, also there, you mentioned the derealization. Um, when you feel like the world isn't real around you, your connection, like your emotional connection, um, yeah, sorry, words are failing me. What's it called? Um, derealization and dissociation paired together. It can almost make the world around you seem distanced from you, like almost like you're farther away from it. And it can, um, your emotional connections to the things around you or the people or the animals or whatever's going on around you can feel a lot lessened. Yeah. That's what I experience. Yeah, that's, you know, because I I, I tell you, and, you know, I hope that there are therapists that are even listening to this just because it's one thing to teach about derealization. And it's one thing to teach about depersonalization. But it's another thing to live it. Yeah, definitely. To experience it. Because what you were saying about the derealization aspect of it, it's like, I can, like, I used to say, I don't feel married. Mm-hmm. I, I've been married two, three years, but I didn't feel married. I felt disconnected. It just did not connect to reality. And there are times where I look at her and I'm just like, I have a kid. There's nothing wrong. I love my daughter and I'm, I mean, she stays in my arms 24 seven, but just that disconnect. Yeah. Um, and, and, it, and that can be what people don't think. I've heard some people say, oh, I wish I had DID. That would be fun. I think the disconnect is sad. It's not fun as a parent either, yeah. because I've been told by other alters that I know you're the mom but I don't feel the same way that someone else feels about you. They like, I've been told I respect you. um, I like you as a friend, but I don't feel like you're my mother. Yes. Like the, the, that feeling. And you know, my mom, she loves to say, don't trust your feelings, but see, I'm also a therapist and I say your feelings are valid and your feelings are real. And so well, I, I mean, not, you know, not trusting my feelings, my feelings aren't saying that you aren't my mother, but my feelings are saying, I don't feel like you, I'm not connected to you. I feel, yeah. you know, and I could see where that would be painful. And it's, and painful it's on the other side because I, I feel like there's a desperate want and a desperate need to want to feel. Which is why I think a lot of my, you know, I get clients that are using drugs or having sex or cutting. Yeah, yeah. They're looking for that stimuli. We're trying to feel. Yeah. 
feel, you know what I mean? Because it does, it just seems there is this disconnect, but then there's also this question of, okay, does everyone else feel like that? Is that normal or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. So, so, um, ethics, um, I, I, and I heard you change. Who was talking to me about the dissociation? Remy, I'm sorry. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then now who am I talking to? Lucy. Lucy. So yeah, cause I can see the, the differences. Um, Sorry. So, so, don't apologize. So Lucy, um, did you start talking to your alters? Because um, a lot of people are wanting to know how to do alter communication. Yeah, so um, to be honest, uh, we already kind of had some talk going, like tidbits going around. So um, how our first host kind of initiated contact was is they were open about it and they said hey I'm here if anybody else is there I'm open to talk I'm here you know I'm willing to listen to you and yeah and so basically they started video vlogging for a little bit tried that um did some notes um did some journaling the journaling was really effective for us and um then we always kind of had the ability um if we wanted to talk not everybody does but for our system specifically if you wanted to you could you just had to want to and it had to be like a mutual thing between the two alters who were talking and if one of them didn't want to then that's when communication would get blurry or completely cut off totally totally and i i would agree with that i think when i first started realizing that i had the idea i remember my husband saying you do not look well you do not look well. And it was because I was also going through like the seizure like activity that happens during that. And um, I remember writing in a journal, hey, if there's anyone here, you know, please talk to me. And then I also did it in my text messages and I would go back and check it every day and nothing would happen. Um, and then I my, my, my therapist did brain spotting. And so brain spotting brought out the altar for the first time with my therapist. So if you're doing brain spotting or EMDR, that may work. That helps out to draw them out. But then after that, I started doing video blogs because I ended up feeling and I began to recognize. I think it's important that you recognize what it feels like to switch. Everyone has a different way of switching, but you need to recognize it. Like I switch sometimes and I don't know I switch. But big switches, I know I'm switching. There's a yawn, there's a headache, there's this migraine, there's, I, I go into a stare and I, I laugh because I can't remember what the heck I'm, I was saying. Um, and I don't even know if I laugh because I don't know what's going to happen or if I laugh because my brain makes me laugh, honestly. Um, yeah. and, um, and then all of a sudden, there's a switch, right? Um, so you need to become aware of like what those switches are. And when you feel that, go catch a camera. Um, and they stare and their eyes, the pupils of their eyes get really big. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. I've learned to see it. I stare, I like stare and then I'm just gone. I'm my executive assistant, if we're having a meeting and I'm talking to her and then all of a sudden I'm like, I guess I'm, 
and, and she's like, wait, 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 no, wait, 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 come back, Don't leave come me. Back. <laughs> um, but my, the good thing about my system is we are, we're always like, we're all here. Like everyone's here right now. Um, or everyone that I know of yeah. is here. Um, I, and so, um, but I, I, I do, I, I think it's, I think it's, um, <laughs> um, uh, I think it's important to know, you know, like be aware of your, like your, like your switching, like I can build myself about to switch, but I'm trying also like, I got to get off. So I got to close and whoever it is just next time. Um, it's, it's Ruby. Ruby wants to say hi. She's our little, um, so, um, <laughs> That's sweet. Hi, Ruby. Hi. Sorry. Um, You're fine. She's um she's upset, and I'm trying to not switch because she wants to come out. Sorry. I, I never let her out. And, um, but yeah. Their little me. tends to come out at night usually when um later on the cuddle um wants yeah. to watch TV with me or something. Yeah. Yeah. So my little she's upset. Um, so I have to figure out, like, we got to do something. Cause I feel my, like, I literally feel myself wanting to cry. So I'm not going to cry. Um, and it wouldn't be me, even if I was crying, it would be Ruby. Um, so we just, that means we have to do something for her so she can feel a little bit better. Um, probably like painting. And that's another thing. If you have littles and you start feeling like they want to come out or they're upset and they're like throwing a, I mean, she's not throwing attention she's 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 right she never gets to come out she wants attention she wants to front and she wants to play um then you need to be aware of that and give them that you know you're responsible for that little our system is responsible for that little um and so um and I can tell you with my dissociation I am probably not the best for the little so Victoria usually takes care of um uh ruby so mom um if you could tell any parent that may be struggling because like you said you could have just said this was bipolar it could have been bbd it could have been just her being a habitual liar like what would you say as a mother and an advocate of someone who has cid and you're able to catch it really soon patience (laughs) listen to your child don't go with the first one two even three counselors keep finding one until you find a fit that actually wants to listen to what's going on and wants to pay attention to the signs because we can all drink water we can all sleep we can all eat three times a day and do everything perfect and it doesn't change the fact that inside there's something different that's going on And that was the hardest part is getting someone to realize that it wasn't them because they're not sleeping, because they're not eating, because they're not doing things the way they think should be done. There's a valid medical diagnosis that was being mistaken for different things. Um, And as a parent, it's so hard for me because I come from, I'm 45, I come from the generation that, you know, there was that teetering of discipline, physical and discipline, verbal, and I hate to say it, yelling almost all the time. And so that was a hard habit for me to break. And that actually made it worse because. Yeah, I was about to say, a lot of the parents don't recognize that, like, 
your yeah. discipline or the way that you're responding is only making it was a, horrible. a system split even more. It was horrible. I would I would admit that I had my downfall there for a few couple of years, but we've gotten to a better place, which is Sounds nice. Like you're doing an awesome job. We're trying, both of us, <laughs> every yeah. day. She's doing a great job. But yeah. I really, I really want parents, and especially of my age bracket, um, you know, 30s and above, to think about how they respond to their child because you make situations worse because you're giving them anxiety and they're getting upset. And then that makes any mental health disorder worse. Um, it makes it more pronounced. It makes medical disorders worse. Um, it, it's something I had to learn. I, I really did as a parent. And I hope other parents out there start to listen to inside and say, hey, you know, yelling isn't working. You know, spankings aren't working. These, these things aren't working. You need to try a different approach you know five symptoms mom five symptoms what would you say if, if 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 there is someone right now looking at their kid trying to figure out what is wrong with my kid what are five symptoms that you want them to start paying attention to to see if they're being misdiagnosed or if DID is being um not overlooked I would look at how they're talking to you. Is the person different that you're talking to all the time? Like, is there a huge personality difference? Because in my world, I can see it. And before I think I choose, I chose to ignore it because I wanted to say to myself, oh, you know, this, you know, kids have different personalities at different times, but they need to pay attention to that. They also need to pay attention to lying. Is lying real? Like, are they sneaking out of their window and lying to you? Or are they lying to you about something simple, like putting a cup down? You know, is it something where you would like, why do they have any reason to lie to me? Pay attention to that, because that was a big signal that I just didn't understand. Um, the other thing is, are they doing something different? Like, in one case, I had one person who's hugely neat, and then the next person's a slob. And I'm like, how can one person go from living in like, you know, Oscar the Grouchville to wanting to be neat as a pin? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, the personality changes, pay attention, you know, and don't, like I said, do not go by the first counselor. The second, get, get other opinions. Because if you're being told one thing and you're going with that, thinking as a parent, this person has their credentials to know what's right for my child they just that might not be a good fit for your child. Yeah, they have credentials. They may be great for someone else, but maybe they're not a good fit for your and your child's mental health. Yeah, yeah, those are all awesome. And I, I mean, and it's so important. I think the, DI, the person with DID doesn't know they have DID. No. That's the whole point of this podcast. Did you know? Like, they don't know. They come to a realization I came to a realization driving home in my car. One time I, I came to it and I shut myself off and I must've went back in for a few more years. But I came to a realization one day that I was not me, that I have not been here and that there were others. And it was traumatizing. Finding mm -hmm. out that you have DID is traumatizing because then you recognize that you, where have you been? You know, I mean, what's been going on? So um, ethics, what are five things that you would want to tell 
a parent and or someone struggling with DID? Um, for, for a parent, uh, first trust your child, um, for a person with DID, trust yourself. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Um, be open and honest, um, be communicative, like talk, um, have an open discussion, be, um, do research, lots and lots of research, um, try and reach out to seek help, such as a therapist, um, and be open-minded. Thanks. I just thank you guys for coming on and talking and sharing your story. Um, Mom, I pray that you begin being an advocate for parents with DID and speak out, you know, start your own mother DID Instagram and YouTube and teach parents about this because it, I mean, it's not, and also like teaching them about not having, how to heal from the guilt. I'm sure you're still doing that, how to heal from that guilt. Yeah, because I never never totally heal, but you try to forgive yourself and you try to move forward with a better parenting method. (laughs) Yeah, try to that radical acceptance and maybe help parents who kids are young like mine, like to be aware of this and watch how you're you're disciplining or talking to your child because you don't know what your child has. Um, So, yeah, I just I think, mom, I, I charge you in the most encouraging way to understand that you've been placed, you know, I know that you're kind of like science and God, and I believe everyone's here for a purpose, and everyone has a gift, and we don't always understand what we go through or why we go through something, but one thing I do believe that everyone is on here to help each other um, and try to make this place a place of love. And so maybe your, your journey of this pain is to produce many other children and parents to learn how to work with a DID child or to become aware of it. So it's a good task. So So, um, thank you. Um, and thank you for having us. It was a lot of fun. Yes, it was amazing. Um, and I guess I will, I will keep following you and we'll chit chat off and on and, um, I don't know. I'll maybe do it like maybe a reunion of like all of my podcast people to come on. That'd be pretty awesome. So um, let's go ahead and end. And um, thank you guys for watching. And thank you again. Bye bye. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye. Bye bye.